You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! It's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the desert as episode number 173 of Brewers on Tap is here. Yes, the 2020 season is upon us. The spring training season has begun, and the Brewers are off to a 3-2-1 and start in Cactus League play. And the big news coming out of spring training so far through the first week is the extension of Freddie Peralta that makes him a Brewer potentially through the 2026 season. It will get him a five-year deal through the 2024 season and then club options in 2025 and 2026. The Brewers off to that 3-2-1 start after a win over the Royals on Thursday. The Brewers defeating the Royals at American Family Fields of Phoenix finish up the week against the Dodgers this week and uh, then the Cubs at Sloan Park in Mesa on Saturday and then another game on Sunday at American Family Fields of Phoenix before an off day on Monday for the crew. Brewers have gotten a lot of their arms into the action early on in spring training. Eric Lowers made a couple of very encouraging appearances. Brett Anderson with a couple of scoreless innings against the Kansas City Royals on Thursday. We told you about Freddie Peralta and his extension. He has looked sharp in his outing so far this year. Brandon Woodruff will get the ball on Friday against the Dodgers. Adrian Hauser has done impressive things, and so has Corbin Burns early on in the year. Some of those guys specifically battling for that rotation. Josh Hader's made one appearance, three up, three down, three strikeouts for Josh Hader, just like you would expect. We have a lot coming up for you on the podcast here today as we will sit down with Brewers reliever Bobby Wall. We'll also talk to Eric Lauer and we're going to talk to Brewers prospect Ethan Small as well. That's all coming up here on Brewers on Tap. Let's jump into it by talking with Eric Lauer. Time to catch up with the crew. Eric Lauer joins us here on Brewers on Tap, and you make your Brewers unofficial debut. Brewers uh, on Tap. Yeah, you like that? I like that. So you come out and you know, make your first appearance in a Brewers uniform, and, and of course you're staring at the Padres, which I'm sure you got a lot of questions about that today, but it had to be kind of fun and different. Oh, it was definitely fun seeing those guys on the other side of the lines. Uh, I was kind of upset that I only got two of the guys that I faced I didn't play with. It was kind of weird, but... Um, it was cool just to be able to, like, be on the other side and see it, see it from a different perspective on how those guys play and, like, how they go about their business. And it's it's fun to play against your friends. Was there a little bit of comfort level to it too, like it was an inter-squad or something? There was a little bit because I've definitely I thought I was going to face those guys a lot more, or I had faced them a lot more, but um, it, it was there was a mixture of like comfort and like discomfort because it was adrenaline and like obviously being the first outing of the year and against my old team guys I know guys I want to like prove that they Mm -hmm. 
that they lost the trade kind of thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, uh, I want to get your thoughts on just the process of getting acclimated here. Mm-hmm. Um, the trade goes down in November. It was a pretty big trade, mm-hmm. you know, four guys that everybody had heard of, which doesn't happen all the time yeah. in baseball. And so you come here. What's the process getting prepared for this season been like versus maybe what it would have been like if you would have still been in San Diego? And, and how has the first couple of weeks of spring gone in terms of getting to know guys in the clubhouse and kind of getting your, your feet wet, so to speak? It was definitely – there was definitely more – of an acclimation process that I had to go through. I couldn't just, like, stick with my routine that I had. Obviously, I had to come to a – because I was here in the off season, so I came in here pretty early right after the trade and um, started getting to know guys right away, which was nice. Um, but I don't, other than that, like, as far as, like, work went, I don't think I don't think much changed. I think I was a little more um, – a little more like, okay, this is, this is kind of how it's going to go this year, so I got to – I have to acclimate to their process and figure out how they run things on their ship, and um, but I still got to put my work in and still do my thing. Is it nice to get different eyes and maybe some different voices in your ear in terms of oh, yeah. what they see and what they think you can be and maybe what they think you can tweak to, to oh. fulfill your p- potential? Definitely. I, it's great. It's always great to have different minds talking in different ways of people have different ways of saying things that might click with you and I mean, I've already seen a ton of development-wise, um, a lot of progress, especially with my, like, change-up and everything. And um, There's just – it's always great to have different points of view telling you or suggesting to you things that might make you better. And, I mean, it's always up to you to make the adjustment and to, like, take everything with a grain of salt. But um, it never hurts to have more brain power. You know, you've talked about your changeup a little bit, and that's a pitch you got to have confidence in. If you don't have confidence in it, it's probably not going to be a great pitch for you. And and you made some quick tweaks to it, and you feel like it's a weapon for you now, where you feel like you can bring it out on the mound. Mm-hmm. How big is that for you? It's great. It's a it's a pitch that moves the other way than all my other pitches, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's an off speed pitch, obviously. So, I mean, the the more weapons that I have in my arsenal, I mean, the better it's going to be. The more the more ways I can be crafty to get guys out, especially if something's not working every day. If, say, like, say the slider power-breaking ball is not working, like, it's good to have another pitch that will probably be on that day. So it, doesn't, it never hurts. Yeah, there's so much data out there today, and you can almost get overwhelmed with it because there's so oh, yeah. much information. So learning how to process it, what's important to you and making you successful mm-hmm. is kind of a key part, I think, for a young pitcher. Yeah. And Chris Hook's really good at digesting all of that. Have you noticed that, that he's a guy that can kind of feed you what you need and help oh, yeah. you break down, here's what this means and here's why, is it, why it's important to you? And that was one of the biggest things that I noticed right when I came over was I had a conversation with him about, for about an hour just on terminology that mm-hmm. made me comfortable and um, the way that I like things to be said or like they just they wanted to get to know me and how I pitch because nobody knows you better than yourself so the better the more that they can make you comfortable in how you think of yourself the more comfortable you're going to be yeah. so it, it only helps when they can say things in a way that makes sense to you faster because they can they can say whatever they want but if it doesn't make sense and if it doesn't work, if it doesn't help, then you kind of have to flush it out of your mind because it's just clutter. But when they can tell you things and they can, they know like your thought process along with them, then they can they can make it a little easier for you to um, digest everything. Obviously, how has the relationship with Pena and Narvaez been so far? Really good, really good. They're very 
they're very upfront and very they come to you and they say what do you what do you throw what do you want to throw how do you want to how do you want me to set up was I doing good like it's it's great the pitcher catcher relationship's huge and I think that's I mean they're doing a great job of like getting to know us and getting to know me specifically and I I mean I love it I love having a good conversation with the catcher well we appreciate it thanks so much for the time yeah no problem and our thanks to Eric Lauer for giving us some time here on the podcast to talk about his first appearance with the Brewers. That was earlier in spring training when he took them out against his former team in the Padres. Well, from an offensive standpoint, there have been a couple of Brewers that have really stood out so far. It's very early still, but Orlando Arce has gotten into four games. He's four for ten. He has two home runs, a double, and seven driven in. That's a very encouraging sign for a player the Brewers are hoping takes a step forward in the 2020 season from an offensive standpoint. Justin Smoke, one of the newest Brewers, he's been in a couple of games. He's two for five so far. He has driven in a run. Lorenzo Cain made his first appearance on Thursday against his former club in the Kansas City Royals. He went one for three in that performance as well. And then the other guy that's going to contribute to this offense this year is Brock Holt. The Brewers signing Brock Holt, of course, just uh, a couple of days into spring training before games began. And this is a guy that is a Swiss Army knife. He can play anywhere except for essentially catcher or pitch. Brock Holt can play all over the diamond. He is a really impressive player. He's a very impressive person as well. He's gotten into a couple of games. He's going to play on Friday against the Dodgers as well. He's just one for four so far, but this is somebody that's going to really round out this 26-man roster this year. Remember, it's a 26-man roster now for all of the Major League Baseball teams when opening day comes around on March 26th. Okay, back to the pitching side. We talked about Eric Lauer and that rotation a little bit. Well, there's going to be some interesting names from a pitching standpoint vying in that bullpen. The bullpen less unsettled, if that is a phrase I can use here, than your rotation is. There's a few pieces at the back of that rotation the Brewers trying to figure out, but you have a pretty good idea of who those eight, seven, eight guys are in that competition. The Brewers, you have a really good idea as well of what this bullpen is going to look like. You have guys like Josh Hader, who obviously you know he's going to be a part of the equation. At some point, Corey Knable, when he gets healthy and gets back, is going to be a part of the equation. Alex Claudio figures to be a part of this equation. David Phelps is somebody that is an exciting new signing for the Brewers. Brent Suter probably a part of the equation from a bullpen standpoint. But there's a bunch of other names uh, that, that could factor into those last couple of spots. There's some intriguing names in camp like Shelby Miller, who has really gotten his body right and worked hard to get himself in good position coming into this year. We'll see if Shelby Miller is a guy that can make an impact for the Brewers before it's all said and done. But another guy that could have a big role this year, and he's healthy, and he got on the mound at the end of last season during the Arizona Fall League, now has been on the mound a couple of times already for the Brewers in the Cactus League schedule, and that is Bobby Wall, who has made one appearance, so I shouldn't say a couple of times, he's made one appearance so far in the Cactus League schedule. It was a clean inning for Bobby Wall. He is somebody that is excited about where he's at right now physically, and he wants to have a big impact on the 2020 season. I had a chance to catch up with him and talk to him about what it's been like to be healthy again after working so hard all last year to get back to this point. Let's break it down. Bobby Wall is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. It has to feel good to be back on the mound right now, and you've looked good so far. Yeah, it does feel good. Um, trying to put last year behind me um, and just kind of focus on what's going on now and 
make pitches. So, yeah, I, I was, I'm happy with the way I'm feeling right now, most importantly. And um, obviously a long way to go. Um, still developing a couple things as far as you know my pitches and what I'm trying to do with them. So, you know, it's a never-ending progress uh, process and trying to make progress with it. I want to go back to last July. Brewers are in town playing the Diamondbacks, and you show up in the clubhouse. And I remember some of us were like, who is that? Because we hadn't been around you that long in spring training. And obviously you had been rehabbing the knee, but you had totally transformed yourself physically too. I mean, take us through everything that went into your recovery process. Man, um, yeah, it was a long recovery process, but you know, I, all the thanks goes to Blair and Tim and Scott and everyone else that's down here um, as far as the rehab uh, staff goes. And um, yeah, I took my work really seriously. Um, you know, because that goal for me, I put that goal in the head where I wanted to pitch in September. And unfortunately, I didn't get to do that with a team. But you know, I was able to do that towards the end in the fall league and got some quality innings in. And, and um, you know, it, it helped a lot too. So, you know, coming into spring training wasn't so right. foreign. You know, I, I kind of had an idea of how my body was going to feel after I would pitch and what the mound felt like, how it felt like have a hitter in there again. And um, yeah, I think a lot of positives came out of that rehab process. Probably just kind of set your mind right going into the off season too, just knowing that you had gotten that part behind. Yeah, it was nice to have a regular off season. You know, I, I was able to get cleared, and um, yeah, obviously there's there's things I was maintaining, um, but um, to go in the off season, be able to train the way you know we we I wanted to, and be able to throw the way I wanted to, um, I think it kind of prepared me for this. We hear about guys going offline, and I mean, that's not necessarily what you did because yeah. it wasn't by choice, right. um, and it wasn't for anything that you needed to do. But mm -hmm. at the same time, when you kind of can push away a little bit, do you feel like you mature mentally a little bit when you're watching the game and, and you're kind of seeing it from a different vantage point over the course of the year? Oh, absolutely. Um, try to watch every single game. Really, I think I watched every single game. Um, you learn a lot about baseball um, when you're sitting there and watching it, um, and especially from the vantage point that you know, we had on TV, you don't really have to appreciate it until, you know, you're actually watching a game on TV every day. So, um, yeah, a lot of positives, um, you know, just from watching the guys and, um, you know, seeing how, how the game flowed for everybody. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it in that, in that regard. When you move around from organization to the next, and you've been in a couple of them now, yeah. you know, everybody has a different voice. They have different eyes. They maybe see something different in your potential. And, and all of that can kind of be a good thing, right, from a mm -hmm. growth standpoint. And I'm sure Chris Hook and, and this group has brought a lot of different ideas to the table for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I can't, you know, this, this organization has been great. Um, I've learned a lot about myself as far as uh, what uh, makes me successful. Um, and, you know, they, uh, I can't say enough about, you know, the, the staff here and, and the strides that we've made. Even even though I was hurt last year, I feel like I'm a better pitcher, you know, from from learning what I do and, and being able to work on it all last year. Bobby, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And my thanks to Bobby Wall for joining us on Brewers on Tap this week. He is, a, I think, a really intriguing name for the Brewers this year and somebody you should keep a close eye on. The Brewers have a lot of good options in that bullpen. I think... That is maybe the unit that has been one of the most important parts, one of the most critical pieces to the Brewers team over the last couple of years and getting them into the postseason the last couple of years. And I think that people are probably slow playing how good this bullpen could be right now. When you look at the high-end talent, the potential, whew, this still has a chance to be a really good bullpen before it is all said and done. 
All right, we had a chance to catch up with Ethan Small as we go down on the farm and check in on some of the Brewers' top prospects. Checking in on the farm. Ethan Small is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. And Ethan, first big league spring training, kind of a whirlwind for you, obviously. A year ago at this time, you're pitching for Mississippi State. Uh, does it all sunk in how fast everything's kind of moved? Uh, I think it has now, but if you would ask me two weeks ago, no. Um, definitely some new things to get used to, but uh, I feel like right now, especially getting that first outing out of the way, kind of settling in and getting used to the schedules. You had a lot of success last year after you signed. Uh, I actually saw your debut here uh, last year in late July, and then, of course, you went on to, to the Midwest League and had a lot of success. How much of last year was just kind of getting your feet wet, getting yourself settled in as a professional baseball player, and how did that kind of set the tone for what you wanted to work on in the offseason coming into this year? Um, I think the big thing was uh, last summer was just kind of getting built back up because, you know, I took a month off from throwing from the college season. So coming here was really just getting the arm moving again and then uh, trying to, um, I guess, just use what I had already and uh, just try to have success with that. And then this offseason was really about developing that new pitch, uh, the slider, and uh, coming in with something to work on. And that's what I'm trying to develop as long as, um, sorry, as well as, you know, getting my arm in shape to pitch every five days. Was that one of the things in the back of your head, even as you were going through the end of last season, that, hey, when I get to the offseason, I want to try to develop another pitch? Um, I don't think so. It was then. Um, it kind of just came up uh, probably around November or so. Like, hey, slider would probably fit pretty well in the arsenal. Um, it would just fill a gap, and it's it's done that, and I'm pretty excited about it and can't wait to debut it. So. What's it been like being here in big league camp? Uh, I mean, obviously still pretty early, but at the same time, you've had a chance to get out there on the mound once now and, and be around these guys. Have you been able to soak some things in? Oh, yeah, it's been a blast. Um, the biggest thing is just you know being around all these guys and being able to talk to them and just soak in all this information. I mean, you got veterans and young guys alike in here and just being able to pull information from those guys and watch them compete and uh, it's really helpful to me in developing. Do you set goals for yourself for this year? Are they more individual in terms of just hey I want to make sure mentally I'm in, in this place all season long and I and I stay locked in or or do you look at hey I want to be at this level by this point in time or does that get dangerous? Um, I think that might get a little dangerous. Yeah. Of course, obviously, you you have some things. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd be in Milwaukee tomorrow. Right. <laughs> but, you know, obviously, that's not realistic. So the biggest thing for me is just day by day, just, you know, taking care of what I can and uh, putting up the best numbers I can and seeing if I can move up that way. Has Woody been like a big brother? Has he has he kind of shown you the bulldog way around here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, him and all these guys, man, just incredible. Um, being able to see how they go about their business and kind of, not necessarily copy them, but just kind of follow in their footsteps. It's been great. You keep an eye on Mississippi State still this year? Oh, yeah. Been watching. Been watching. I'm keeping up. You jealous of the new uh, the new dude? Oh, I got to play in it last yeah, year. Yeah, right. Um, but, no, that, I mean, that stadium's phenomenal. They're, they're going to enjoy that for a long time for sure. Ethan, we appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you. And my thanks to Ethan Small for joining us here on Brewers on Tap. The top 30 list for the Brewers prospects not out yet. It'll be out soon. Over the course of the next week, you're going to see Bryce Terang probably in that number one slot, somewhere in that mix. Tristan Lutz will be in that conversation. And then you're going to see an Ethan Small in there. Corey Ray probably finds himself in that top five. Zach Brown, who had a tough year last year, figures to bounce back at some point. Last year's minor league pitcher of the year, Aaron Ashby, figures to be in the top ten. Mario Feliciano, who was the MVP of the Carolina League, another guy that 
probably figures into the equation a little bit as well. And then some intriguing names to see where they land, like a Drew Rasmussen, uh, who has made a name for himself early on in the Cactus League schedule because of his big-time velocity. He is a triple-digits guy from a velocity standpoint. And another guy that I think is a little bit undervalued from a Brewer standpoint is catcher Peyton Henry, who is also in big league camp so far here this spring. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Brewers on Tap, episode number 173 in the books from American Family Fields of Phoenix. We'll have another one coming your way next week as the Cactus League schedule continues. Until then, I'm Lane Grindle. Have a great day. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.